Hey, I'm Tom Power. I'm the host of the show Q with Tom Power. Uh, on the show, we talk to all kinds of uh, actors, writers, painters. I mean, big names you might have heard of. Like we had James L. Brooks talking about The Simpsons, Jada Pinkett Smith talking about Tupac. And on our show, artists go a little deeper than they might go elsewhere. I mean, the guys from Blue Rodeo kind of said that. We only talk about our relationship when we come on this show. <laughs> and we've done it damagingly and we've done it positively. <laughs> Listen to Q with Tom Power wherever you get your podcasts. We came very early in the morning and stayed after school and worked at home. It was very important. You cannot do that kind of work on teaching time. It's just not possible. It was just a labor of love and devotion all the time. I just loved doing it, and it gave me great rewards. You know, as a teacher, you don't always know your impact. You don't. But when you teach the arts, kind of you know it a little more. This is Arts Educators Save the World, where successful artists and their mentors talk about how arts education transformed their lives. Hey, welcome back. My name is Erica Rosenfeld Halverson, and I'm here again with my producer and sidekick, Alec Lev. Hey, Alec. Hey, Erica. Previously on Arts Educators Save the World, we met Barbara Ames, the elementary school music teacher to both Lin-Manuel Miranda and Robert Lopez. Oh, and she was our music teacher, too. She was indeed. Now, what we're going to do at the top of some of these episodes is I'm going to ask Erica to frame the discussion that you're about to hear, or I guess in this case that you're in the middle of hearing. I'm going to ask her to frame it in terms of something that she talks about in her book or just something that she's been thinking about when she wears her fancy professor cape. In this case, it's safe to say that Barbara Lynn and Bobby are really talking about something that is at the heart of your book. The idea that arts education is really about starting with what kids bring to learning instead of just focusing on what they don't have, what they lack. Can you talk a little bit about how Barbara's approach to teaching seems to really be in line with what you're thinking? Sure. So one of the things we know from learning theory is that people learn new things best when they're attached to things that they already know so that they can make those connections for themselves. And something that we know from teaching theory is that one of the best ways to connect old stuff that people already know to new stuff that we want them to know is through creating what's called pedagogical connections, meaning using our skills as teachers to start with what kids have and draw those lines for them from what they have to what we're hoping that they'll get. Of course, without my knowing it, this is what Barbara was doing for us our whole lives. And we've heard stories about her other experiences as a teacher doing that for probably thousands of students across her career. That is bringing their resources as music makers, as cultural people who have connections to families and histories and ways of singing and ways of talking that are valued in the arts, that are valued in musicals, that are valued in choral songs, and drawing those assets out and into the musical space to be able to give them new skills, Mm. new assets, new ways of knowing and doing that were her areas of expertise and interest and marrying those together into one 
magical package of performance, whether that's a choral performance of a hundred fourth graders singing a song about Martin Luther King, or whether it's a group of sixth graders performing a classic musical from the 1950s. And not to give away the, 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 the ending of the book, the punchline, but the idea here is also that this is not just about arts educators teaching artists. Those skills of a teacher, the idea of looking for what the student has, bringing it, scaffolding, am I using the right word? Yep, scaffolding. Right, so what they have and bridging that between what they have and what they want them to have, that's not just about art. That's an arts practice, but the idea of the book is, yes, and, <laughs> that works everywhere. Right? You've done your homework. I read the book. I thought before. How about that? Starting this, I should read the book. <laughs> exactly. A lot of what I write about is how the arts bring into relief the kinds of practices that we ought to put at the center of all of our teaching and learning environments. You could imagine with very little work how in many kinds of classrooms that aren't just arts-based classrooms, how the assets that kids bring with them can serve as the foundation mm. for how they can be successful with the kinds of skills and knowledge and expertise how a Kendrick Lamar song has the same literary features that we want kids to understand in everything from Toni Morrison to Shakespeare. That starting with the piece that kids are connected to and feel in their souls is the way to bridge into the things that we as educators imagine kids ought to know and be able to do. Well, Bobby and Lynn clearly felt music in their souls from an early point. Let's keep going. Let's hear how else Barbara worked with these two folks. Absolutely. And by the way, if you don't know, Bobby's collaborator on Frozen, Frozen 2, Coco, WandaVision, and almost all of his creations is his life partner, Kristen Anderson Lopez. During this upcoming conversation, Bobby mentions a celebration at Carnegie Hall where earlier this year at the New York Pops Gala, Bobby and Kristen were honored for their body of work. As a reminder, for reasons completely beyond our control, the quality of my sound stinks. I was coming to you live from upstairs in Miss Same's house on my phone. So let's get back to it. Here's the continuation of our conversation with Barbara, Lynn, and Bobby. Something that has been a marker of the work that I do first in Barrel of Monkeys in Chicago and then in Whoop and Soccer is how frequently the kids who shine in creative arts programs are kids who their classroom teachers will say either, I had no idea that child could do that, or that child has not said a word all year. And I am so moved and inspired by the platform that creative expression provides. So really quickly, what we do is artists in residence programs where kids write stories, poems, they create oral stories, they generate material, and then they perform them for one another in their classrooms. And then a company of professional artists takes a subset of the stories and creates an original sort of vaudeville style sketch comedy performance and, and brings it back to the kids. Recently, we did a performance. We had a story, very, very short dialogue that involved a TikTok dance that we performed badly, not necessarily on purpose, 
but performed badly. We were supposed to do the sturdy. At the end of the show, we were doing a Q&A, and one of our young actors noticed that there was a kid sort of lurking in the back and figured the kid was the writer and said, I have a question for y'all. Did we do the sturdy right? Like a hundred. No, absolutely not. No, you are a nightmare. No. So we were like, cool, cool. Well, we have to do this show like five more times. So can somebody come show us how to do the sturdy? And so the kid, they're like, come up, come up, come up. So he comes up on the stage and he faces the other kids and he does this dance and we're sort of imitating him. And I noticed that his principal is filming him on her phone. It's not super unusual. But after the show, she came up to me and she said, I want you to know that that kid is the single most marginalized kid in our school right now. I've never seen him speak much less get up in front of a group of a hundred of his peers and demo a dance and express that this was something that not only did he care deeply about, but that he was willing to share. That kind of, I think at Hunter, we were filled with that just by virtue of being drawn into that space, being told that our ideas were valuable just by being at the school providing the kinds of opportunities, Barbara, that you provided us in quote unquote regular public schools really accomplishes, Alec, what you, what you were saying, which is to be able to lean into kids' assets. The arts make a way for that in the arts, all the arts. They make everyone human. They're, they're your soul. I mean, you have to have the arts. You must. And music is an amazing art very powerful. It, it suggests so many things. Music is my life. It's been my life and children, teaching children. If it's okay, Lynn and Bobby, I would love for each of you to get a chance to say something about what you are working on now that maybe focuses on arts education or the arts in education and, and reflect a little, give Barbara a chance to hear how you're paying that forward because I know that these ideas are, are things that matter to both of you as artists and parents and humans. I would love for each of you to share something that, that you're working on in this area. Wow. I'll go first. Wow. No, please. <laughs> <laughs> I said, wow, so I go first this time. Yeah. First of all, one of the things we realized very early on in previews for Hamilton was if we don't prioritize kids seeing this show, it will be a real wasted opportunity. The very rare thing happens that no one can buy, which is that everyone who left that show told five people about that show. It just, it grew really fast. Even when we were off Broadway, we were beginning to think about what is the educational centerpiece of Hamilton, not just because it covers about a semester of AP Bio in two and a half hours. Uh, AP Bio, I wish. Uh, <laughs> save the fetal pigs. Uh, no, AP, AP U.S. History in two and a half hours. The reason I started writing that show is I didn't learn anything about Alexander Hamilton in high school. I didn't learn any of this stuff. And the secret sauce of the show is my energy in learning it a chapter ahead of me writing it for you. And so we created the Edgeham program with the Gilder Lerman Foundation, which is dedicated to American history, and really used it as a portal for the stories you aren't getting in your high school curriculum. It's not just 
come see a kid's matinee and there you go, you've had a play, go on with your life. We've created an entire curriculum where they create their own stories. They decide what aspect of American history they want to do a creative project around. And then the schools all come to a dedicated matinee that is for them. They pick their favorite performance from their school and they perform their pieces for us. And we have gotten the most incredible glimpses of American history from songs about Phyllis Wheatley to poems written by Thomas Jefferson's children via Sally Hemings, the kids he didn't recognize, to other figures that were around in that era but aren't covered by the show. So really using the Hamilton as just a, a jumping off point for whatever is interesting to these students and whatever they feel they can investigate. And then on the philanthropy side of things, I find that most of the philanthropic efforts I'm involved with are fully recognizing that not everyone had the luxury of a Miss Ames in their lives. And so we created something called the Miranda Fellows, and it encompasses everything from scholarships at schools like Rhode Island College, where we we sponsor art students and give them scholarships to pursue the arts there, to paid internships at organizations. And it's really focused on students of color and just sort of creating those opportunities that didn't exist and just sort of widening the doors. It's your job to widen the doors once you walk through them. And so that's everything from we've created paid internships and opportunities at the O'Neill, where Bobby and I have both workshop shows, to creating a paid casting associate at Telsey to diversify the people on the other side of the table in casting. That is the work, making a way for folks who didn't necessarily get some of the incredible privileges we were lucky enough to have. Man, you know, Lynn's energy is boundless. It's just incredible. And I'm just so proud of you. So proud of everything that you're doing. And I don't know how you do it. I'm just (laughs) amazed and astounded by everything you're able to pour into the world. But it's like my head of my philanthropy was my roommate in college who did Jesus Christ Superstar with me. It's the folks you find. Yes, that's your college model of like your life. You're like, okay, I've got a lot of courses this semester. I love (laughs) that. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, Bobby and I have talked about that when we're we're multitasking to just pretend you're in college. Pretend you're in college. These these aren't different jobs. These are different (laughs) courses. And how do they inform each other? Yeah, parenting, (laughs) 302. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) my gosh well i have a very different kind of approach because i i always feel like things take a lot out of me i'm very introverted i've never been a teacher and yet i've always found myself sort of inadvertently in that role as well as a sort of a constant student you know we just had the big carnegie hall celebration on monday we listened to a lot of our songs in a row and All I could think of was, I want to write something else. I want to write something different. I want to grow and I want to learn. I want to talk to a composition teacher. I want to get better at this. I I may call you Barbara because I do want to grow as a composer. I think that's part of what is healthy about, you know, once you are in the arts, you have to realize like the reason to keep doing it is that you get to keep being a music student. You get to keep being in college The other thing is that you find yourself working with younger people the older you get, and you find them looking up to you. I have a a wonderful music assistant now that I'm developing this really great relationship with. I kind of give him instructions about how to make the demos, and 
he's he's more of a film composer, but so I teach him about the way the songs are structured, and I feel like we have a great collaboration. And I'm, I really want to launch him as an orchestrator, and I feel the same way about this other guy that's working on our TV show. You know, I feel like I have students, and I really I want to see them, and I want to give them what I can. If you're a fan of Real Housewives, Summer House, Vanderpump Rules, or any other shows on Bravo, you know that being a Bravo fan is basically a full-time job. On the Mention It All podcast, presented by Betches Media, I, Dylan Hafer, am keeping you up to date on all things Bravo. Plus, you'll get to hear some of your favorite Bravo celebrities and media personalities mention it all about what happens on and off camera. Search for Mention It All on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. I don't know if you had this feeling. I know I did with Sondheim's passing. That, you know, I think that happening at the end of last year and then also a combination of Tick, Tick being about what it's about is you and I and we all kind of looked around and went like our encourager in chief is gone. It's it's up to yeah. us. And so I think more of us are taking on that mm. mentorship role really in earnest because the mentor in chief, Steve made time for so many of us in ways big and small. And it's in your hands now. We look around for the grownups and it's us. I'm feeling that really keenly. I find I'm spending way more time reading other people's musicals and giving them my thoughts than I am writing my own right now. And I'll figure (laughs) out the balance eventually. But that's where we're at because we've yeah. lost a, a, an enormous teacher in our field. It was a profound loss, and I'm sure lots of us just found ourselves sadder than we thought we would, sadder than we had a right to feel, because I knew him and his work better than he knew me and, and our family, but I just felt like a part of me went away. Yeah. He's indescribable, and, and his importance is, you can't even speak to it. It's, it's amazing. He was a very, very much of a genius. And I'm grateful that he saw the value in teaching too, because I think he put a little of that in everyone who came after him. We've had great role models and teachers as a result. Yeah, all these people. Now we're at the point where I'm wondering what questions, Bobby and Lynn, do you have for Barbara, if any, that we haven't already asked? This is our chance as a, as a trio to ask her about you know decisions <laughs> she made and ways she shaped our lives. Did I miss anything? Anything come to mind? I, I guess if I have a question, Miss Ames, yes. as you know, right after college, I went back to teaching at Hunter. I taught in the high school. Yes. <laughs> How did you make the time for us, I guess, is the question. Because to me, it felt like you and Mr. Sherman and Janet Savage had all the time in the world for us. And as an adult, I know that's not so. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, I you know, I <laughs> it was very important. You cannot do that kind of work on teaching time. It's just not possible. We came very early in the morning and stayed after school and worked at home. It was just a labor of love and devotion all the time. Plus, you didn't have to do the wordle every day. <laughs> it was a different time. No, I do that now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we did it. And I, I by the time I got to Hunter. My children were older, but not, I don't know. I, I just loved doing it, and it gave me great rewards. You know, as a teacher, you don't always know your impact. You don't. But when you teach the arts, kind of you know it a little more. But this, I mean, 
Lynn, Bobby, and others that I know, uh, just, do you know Capathia Jenkins? Anyone in theater know sure. Jane Capathia? And she was your student at PS9, correct? PS9. No. And the yes. first time I met her, that's the first thing she brought up with me. She was like, you and I share Barbara Ames. <laughs> well, she also had Karen as a classroom teacher. Karen Fogler and I have gone to every single thing she does when she's in the city, and that's for years and years. And Dawn Lewis, we taught. Dawn was in Another World, like one of yeah. the after the Cosby Show, and she just was in Tina. She played her mother, and Dawn has been in theater for years, and she was before Capathia at PS9. Dawn's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And we follow, we follow them. I love to go to the whatever presentations, and even piano students invite me to their concerts and recitals, and I, I just love it. And I mean, I think I saw In the Heights seven times. <laughs> you know, off Broadway many times, and pulling it. Come, you have to come and see this, and then I would go with everybody. Hamilton, I didn't see that many times. <laughs> This was hard to get tickets. I know a guy. So if you want to go back, you just let me know. <laughs> I know. I have a, I have a hookup there. <laughs> well, you, you got me tickets for my son's family, which was incredible. And then they went backstage and got a tour. And I mean, I, I have no words to describe the joy, the pride. It's incredible. And Erica, there were four Ericas. There were indeed. There right. Were. Five. There were. Chang, Litke, Huss, and I had a crush on every wow. single one of them. And here, and now <laughs> I, me too. that's why I said yes to this podcast. It's nice to see you too, Mrs. <laughs> that's amazing. I'm sorry that I didn't, you know, that the love connection got broken across those generations. Uh, well, I was going to see if, Barbara, you had any questions or had a question for Bobby and Lynn. We haven't given you any chance to ask questions. So if there's anything that you want to ask, please I don't know that I have questions. I'm just filled with pride. And I wanted to say, I, I was Bobby's teacher. I, <laughs> and I, I mean, he's done so beautifully with Kristen together. That's a, an amazing partnership that doesn't always happen with couples who are together. A question for Lynn. I don't know. I, I want to say, what are we going to expect next? But that's not fair. Something entirely different, I would imagine. Something totally different and marvelous and wonderful and I don't know. I, I want to know, are you happy? I think you are. You have a beautiful family and Bobby too. I couldn't believe your daughters are grown women. They looked so amazing and sang so beautifully. They have the Thank Lopez you. family singers. Maybe you're going to do that with the Miranda. <laughs> that is that is truly, I mean, that's where I feel envy of just like, wow, I can't get my kids to walk in a straight line. You know, when you have, when you have teenagers, it, it's hard to create reasons for the family to come together. So when if you can sing together, it was the joy of our pandemic. We were able to actually have mm. our teenage girls like sing in harmony with each other and with us. It was a good trick. A, a question for them. They've answered them without me asking. They've answered anything. They, they're both. We've never shut up. <laughs> Wonderful. And I know that their lives will continue to enrich everyone, everyone, because they, they already have. You can hear when they speak, they're also humble. That's one of the most beautiful things, humble and sweet and authentic and amazing. <sighs> Just that he has his lamp from Miss Fogler. 
And his recorder, you said you had your recorder. I still from- have my recorder and my lamp. <laughs> and I have a Mr. Sherman bench here too <laughs> from shop class. So that in itself is, is unbelievable. I broke the birdhouse because I dropped a G.I. Joe in the birdhouse <laughs> well- and I had to break it open to get it out. But everything else I've gotten no. in some form. <laughs> I, I don't know. Erica, I have your book. And I have all their songbooks and all their libretto. I have everything. I don't have a question. I, it's a, more of like an exclamation point in my heart. Well, this was a wonderful way to get to say thank you. And that we kind of can never say oh, enough thank yous. Seriously. But, uh, it's always a great chance to get to say it again. Wow. What an incredible opportunity for me. As you could probably hear throughout the podcast, not only was I inspired to talk to Miss Ames and to hear about her experiences, but to get an opportunity to hear from two of the greatest musical theater composers of the 21st century about how they got their start, to hear them sing as sixth grade boys in the great classic musicals of our time, and to find out that Lynn had a crush on me when he was in the seventh grade. What? Probably (laughs) top five moments of my professional life. (laughs) And that I get to share them with all of you is even more special. All right, so let's bring this one to a close because what else can you say? That was just, it was beautiful. It was wonderful to see them and to see her. In future weeks, we will hear from artists across the spectrum of art making I can't wait to share some of the conversations with you that we had with ceramicists and visual artists and other exciting guests to be named later. And so make sure you subscribe and make sure you uh, rate us and review us. We're going to close this one out. I think two parts is enough. I think we can wrap this up with the three things. Okay, Erica, in the spirit of these last two episodes, what are three things you would do if you could spend a day in high school with all of us again, one day back in school? Take Italian class again and listen and be able to actually say things in Italian. Oh no, one thing. That's Italian. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Perform a high school musical again. That's two. Uh, get a locker in the best hallway, which is the second floor in the main, after the main staircase. Three things. Fantastic. So, Alec. Yes. My turn for three things. Okay. Give us three ways our listeners can get involved with the show. Oh, man, that is a good question. I would say the first would be if you have any questions, comments, or if you know someone who would make a great guest on the show, go ahead and write to us at contact at artseducatorspodcast.com. One. Two, go ahead and use our handy-dandy interview guide to talk to your own mentor about the way that they've changed your life through the arts. Two. And finally, if you like, if you are so bold, send us your favorite two-minute clip from that interview, an audio clip from that interview. And if we can, we might just include it here on the show. To learn more about that, go to artseducatorspodcast.com slash contact. Three things. Talk to you next week. Onward together. Arts Educators Save the World is hosted by Erica Rosenfeld Halverson and produced and co-hosted by me, Alec Lev. Our executive producer is Doug Matica, and our audio producer is Justin Asher. We are also executive produced by the fantastic group at Story Pirate Studios, Lee Overtree, Benjamin Salka, and Amy Fiore. Original music is by Dan Lipton, and our artwork is by Lyra Evans. 
check out our website designed by Cole Locasio at www.artseducatorspodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Arts Educators. Yes, somehow that wasn't taken yet. And on Instagram at Arts Educators Podcast. Write to us with your questions and comments at contact at artseducatorspodcast.com. And wherever you're listening, please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. It really helps the show. We are proud to be sponsored in part by the Wallace Foundation, the University of Wisconsin-Madison, and the Gibb Faculty Fellowship. Arts Educators Save the World was created by Erica Rosenfeld-Halverson and Alec Lett. If you're a fan of Real Housewives, Summer House, Vanderpump Rules, or any other shows on Bravo, you know that being a Bravo fan is basically a full-time job. On the Mention It All podcast, presented by Betches Media, I, Dylan Hafer, am keeping you up to date on all things Bravo. Plus, you'll get to hear some of your favorite Bravo celebrities and media personalities mention it all about what happens on and off camera. Search for Mention It All on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.